Father, this is our heart and our prayer. Lord, consume us with your love so that no other, no other person or thing will ever be enough. Our hearts were made for you, O God, and they will never be satisfied until you make your home in us. So, Father, we pray that you'd meet us exactly where we are, individually and collectively. Thank you that you love us enough to meet us right here, but you love us enough not to leave us here as well. Pray that you would extend your Father's embrace to us individually and collectively, even here and now. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you're in this room, please have a seat. So glad that you've braved the elements today. And for those of you who are tuning in online, wherever you are, uh, we're just so glad that you're with us. It is our hope today on this Valentine's Day. The warmth of God's love and, and of those relationships closest to us would be warmer than even the sub-degree temperatures. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. Well, at Heartland, it is our delight to, to help you wherever you're at in your spiritual journey, whether it's taking those first steps towards Jesus or any step after that. If we can help you, we'd love to do that. For those of you tuning in online, there's our virtual hub that's available after our services where you can, can uh, click into our Zoom room and they'll, they'll help you there. Uh, and we have our actual hub for those on site today. Uh, people can help answer your questions and help you take your first or your next steps towards Jesus and towards community. Well, today we're finishing our series that we've called Interior Design. But before we do that, two things for you. First, for you ladies out there, we have our IF Gathering coming up. This is an annual conference that's been so meaningful to so many of our women around here. It's the first weekend in March. All the information's available on the website. But the theme is Even If. Even if we're in the midst of a pandemic and even if we're dealing with unprecedented challenges personally or as a society or whatever, even if God is in control. And so we'd love for you to grab some friends or neighbors, people in your life to tune into that safely together. All the info's on the website. Great, great chance to uh, take a next step for you ladies out there. Another opportunity for all of us um, is Wednesdays over the lunch hour, virtually by Facebook Live, we are going to have soul care opportunities with our own Tom Bronner. So this is something we've been doing as a staff for quite a while, listening to God, praying together, and Tom leads that time so well. Well, we wanted to open that up to everyone during this time. So starting Wednesday from noon to one, going through Easter. We have a soul care opportunity for you to tune in wherever you are. Again, go to the website for more info on that. Well, our interior design series has been all about what God wants to do inside of us, you and I, to change us from the inside out so that we can love those outside of us better 
in the name of Jesus. And there's one topic I've been most excited about, and that's today, because we've invited our dear friend, uh, Tom Bronner, to speak to us on the importance of loving through listening. It'll be absolutely fantastic. We do have one video, real quick, that will illustrate a couple who needs to learn the art of listening. Thanks for being here with us. You're watching HCC TV, where home is where the heartland is. of Kim and John's search for the perfect home. I would say we are the perfect couple. We love to stay busy and we love to entertain. Right, John? What was that? Oh, sorry, I wasn't listening. I don't listen. We would love to find a space for our growing family of three kids. Uh, two kids, we have two kids. John, I told you we're having three kids. Wait, what, seriously, right, right now? I can't believe you don't remember. We talked about this. We didn't talk about this. Yes. This is not the time or the place. We talked about this. <laughs> well, that was a little painful and close to home for some of us. Um, husbands, wives, do you have great listeners for spouses? Friends, do you have great listeners as friends? Um, I, I have to tell you, I my listening journey, uh, I... I had, it was kind of a long on-ramp for me learning how to listen well. And I have to tell you, I, uh, I learned mostly by doing it wrong for the longest time. And uh, my wife can attest to that. But, uh, you know, uh, I'll never forget the time there was this, um, this experience where, uh, uh, you know, I, I thought I heard a murmuring, but I wasn't quite sure. And all of a sudden, in an elevated voice, my wife said to me, have you heard a thing I've been saying? And I said, that is a strange way to start a conversation. What do you mean by that? Well, along the years, you know, as aging will do, you start having other difficulties with your hearing as well, right? It's like physically, you just can't hear like you used to. And uh, I guess I was in denial for the longest time, but the, the, the women in my life, my wife and my two daughters, they were, uh, they, they, they are always have this project going on to make me a better man. And uh, clearly I was having problems with my listening. And uh, my daughter Jenny was the most relentless. I think Sue just gave up, my wife. Uh, but Jenny was relentless. And um, she said, she would accuse me of, uh, she, she would say, Dad, you're not hearing me, Dad, you're not hearing me. And uh, one time she said, you're reading my lips. So I passed her the chips and I said, what? What are you saying? Um, and, and then she covered her mouth, you're reading my lips. And I said, I, I can't hear, you're reading, and then finally she took her hand down and she whispered, you're reading my lips. I got what she was saying. But you know, the thing about listening 
is that it's not just about hearing. Listening ultimately is about understanding. So it's, it's being attentive, attentive enough, being curious enough to not just listen, to not just hear, but to actually understand. If we don't take listening all the way to understanding, we've come up short. But if we do, listening becomes loving. There's an author, a seminary professor, an author by the name of David Augsburger, and he says this. He says, you know, being heard and being loved are so closely linked that to the average person, they're almost indistinguishable. In other words, listening is loving. And listening well is loving well. It's about being curious. It's about learning. And here's why listening is so important. So on any given, any given day, um, I will learn nothing from the things I say. I will learn nothing from the things I say. So if I'm going to learn, I'm going to have to do it through listening. And sadly, though, in this day and age, it seems like we're most interested in everybody else knowing what we think and not quite as interested in learning what others might have to teach us. Listening is learning that turns into loving. You know what I love about, um, what I love about Jesus? Uh, we're going to take a look at a story from his life uh, where we just, where, where we see a few things about him that are absolutely astounding in my opinion. Um, but he was, uh, he was an awesome listener. He understood that to listening, that to listen was to be focused. He was fully present. He was never in a rush, always interested in exploring a story. And see, he got that listening equals loving. And so we pick up this story. It's in the, uh, the, the 10th chapter of Mark. You can read along with me on the screen. Uh, but it goes, by this. it goes like this. It says, Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You know the scene, beggars lining the road, they just heard movement and they would shout out their request. But on this particular day, uh, he heard that it was Jesus that was coming by. So his requests were a little more aggressive and assertive. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. And throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet 
and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. You know, if I were to distill this story down to its most powerful um, um, uh, essence, I would distill it down to two words. And those two words are this. Jesus stopped. Imagine that. The God of the universe, the king of all creation embodied in this man Christ Jesus heard the cries of a man on the side of the street and he stopped. And I don't know what his agenda was that day. I don't know what his schedule was or his plans for he and his companions. But at that moment, this man became the focus of his attention and his affection. This man who had probably been kicked aside, seen as a nuisance, was being invited by the Son of God to receive the full focus of his attention. And that's the first thing I want to say about listening, is that the giving of our attention is the first act of loving. It's where love begins. When we decide to give such an incredible commodity, such, a, such an asset that we possess, our attention to someone in a focused, deliberate way. You see, great listeners, they're just not in a hurry. Great listeners, they're just not distraction. Distractions do not have a chance against a great listener. Great listeners are in the here and now. They're very present. As if the object of their attention was the only thing that mattered. Listening is a superpower that we all possess. But sadly, we don't realize its power to heal, its power to, um, uh, to affirm worth and value, its power to validate significance, and its power to communicate love. If you have a great listener in your life, then you know what I mean. Because they can be almost uncomfortably focused on you. And let's be honest. Sometimes we just don't want to be known all the way. So it's a little disconcerting. I have had the, 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 the luxury, the privilege of having great listeners in my life. And I just want to tell you about four of them real quick. The first one, his name is Don. And way back in the day, when I was volunteering in ministry and, and kind of contemplating uh, maybe, maybe making a vocational move in that direction, you know, uh, in my early 20-somethings, um, 
my life just went off the rails. And I had to pull back from that because my life had become inconsistent with what I was teaching and encouraging. And um, this one man, Don, is who I worked with and for. And I stepped away. But the thing of it is, is he would never let me step away from, from him. He kept pursuing me. He kept loving me. He kept our consistent times together. And he just, he just had to endure some conversations with me while I was really struggling to, to find my way back. But you know what? Great listeners have the ability to ask great questions. You know why? Because they're undistracted. They're not thinking about what they're going to re, uh, say to you as you're talking. They're just listening intently. You know, the Bible says a lot about um, listening. You know, be slow to speak and uh, quick to listen. It says the wise listen, and then ultimately they add understanding to their knowledge. Jesus would, would say, whoever has ears to hear, let them listen and understand. Connecting listening with understanding with love. And so Don, my friend, uh, knew that. And I knew that he was listening to God as he was listening to me. And over time, he slowly loved me relationally, deliberately, and incredibly lovingly back into the kingdom of God. It could have never happened abruptly, but it happened because he was a great listener of all things. He knew the superpower of listening. My friends, Joe and Glenn, through the years, 35-year-old friendships, have really um, walked me through some places in my life where there was a great amount of faith required or courage necessary, and I didn't think I possessed it to make these particular moves. But you know what? They continued to kind of mirror back to me the strength that was already there. They breathed courage into my thinking about myself. They would help me discern things and say, yes, that's something God would say, and yes, that's something he would say to you, and yes, if he's saying it to you, he has put it in you to do. So where my friend Don reflected my heart back to me, he would say, Tom, you're a good man with a good heart. It's just your friends over here are loving you so much better than we're loving you over here. And it was profound. We kind of go to where the love is, don't we? But Don wouldn't let me give up on myself because he, ref he knew the heart that God had given me.
My friends, Joe and Glenn, wouldn't let me give up on these particular situations because they had seen the faith and the strength that God had put in me. Now, truth be told, I had to borrow their faith to believe even that I had the strength to do these things. But slowly but surely, they walked me from places of fear deliberately just through love and the generosity of their time to a place of courage. And it was profound. They're great listeners. My wife, Sue, is, uh, is, has been historically uh, the best listener in my life. She has an expansive heart. She has an incredible discerning gift. And if Don reflected my heart and John Glenn reflected my strength and my faith and my courage, Sue reflected to me the possibilities and the opportunities of all God could do with who he had made me and consistently reflected back to me who he made me, how he made me, what he made me, why he made me. Just in incredible exchanges of listening and then asking the right questions at the right time in the right way with an undistracted posture and a willingness to just let me grapple with my own stuff at the end of the day. All these people understood that listening was a superpower and they exercised it well because they knew its ability to heal, to encourage, to affirm worth and value, to validate significance and ultimately to communicate love. Incredible, huh? So here's the thing. Here's the thing about um, listening equals loving is that um, love takes time. And, um, and hurry just doesn't have it to give. Love can be painfully slow. Ask any parent, ask any lover, ask any friend. Love is just uncomfortably slow sometimes. Hurry kills relationships. Love requires time. Hurry doesn't have it to give. And if that's true in our human relationships, you guys, how much more so in our relationships with God? There's a theologian, uh, a Japanese theologian that wrote a book called Three Mile an Hour God. And three mile an hour, three miles an hour is about the average speed of walking. And so when he's referring to a three mile an hour God, he's referring to Jesus and the mode of transportation in his day was walking. Walking 
and along the way, talking, teaching, showing, three mile an hour God. You know, there's a reason that statement, walking with God, is not running with God. It's because God moves at the speed of love and the speed of love is the speed of Jesus. And Jesus was never in a hurry because he understood the power of connection, of engagement. He understood the power of being seen and heard and felt. You know what it's like to feel felt, like somebody really gets you? To be seen? Someone to say, I see you, and I see you. I feel you. That only happens through listening. And we can't do it if we're in a hurry. In the 10th chapter of John, he paints this picture of himself being a shepherd and us being a sheep. And he says this, this incredible fact about him and about us. He said, my sheep hear my voice and I call them by name. So get your mind around that. Our shepherd has a voice and he's hardwired us to hear it. He has set us up for a conversation. But here's the thing. Relationships take time. Hurry kills relationships. And hurry doesn't have any time to give. So we're going to have to figure out how we can slow down so we can catch up with God. If we want to catch up with God, we're going to have to slow down. If we look at the life of Jesus, if we read the Gospels, the four accounts of his life, like a biography, not just for facts or theology or whatever, but but a biography to just see how this man lived his life, we would notice there were some predictable rhythms about how he lived. And one of those rhythms was creating space regularly to be alone and to be with his father. To pray and to listen. To have the two-way conversation with his Father in heaven. And, and y'all were invited to that same place. But understand, it takes time because love takes time. And the Apostle Paul, when he's defining love, you know the first descriptor he uses for love is the word patient. Love is patient. That's our first indicator that we're gonna have to slow down to catch up with God a little bit. So the question is, not is the space there and available to be taken, because it is. 
The question is, will we make it? And will we kind of set out to rearrange some things so we can kind of experience it, what it means to, to, to have slow time, to have slow time with God, to have slow time with those we love, to have slow time with ourselves. This listening thing has uh, dramatic implications to our relationships with one another, our relationships with God, or even our relationship with ourselves. We can be so out of touch with ourselves. We just need to take some slow time um, to catch up with God by going slower, to catch up with ourselves by going slower, to catch up with the most important people of our lives by going slower. So I guess that's my invitation. You know, I, I couldn't help but think this morning, you know, the, the, the snow, you know, it was as beautiful as it was irritating. I didn't know what to do with that, but um, uh, it both bummed me out and I thought it was kind of cool. Um, but it's just one more thing in a season of slowing down that reminds me. Slow time is not all that bad. If we can simply get comfortable of, with jumping off the treadmill of our life and just saying, God, teach me how to go slow so I can catch up with you. Teach me how I can go slow to catch up with the important people in my life. Because at the end of the day, I want to be an expert listener, an expert lover, and an expert at um, slowing down. Kind of a counterintuitive message in this day and age, but I believe it's our salvation for our emotional, spiritual, relational health. We need to slow down so we can catch up with God. So let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much for the gift of your love in our lives. Thank you so much for the invitation to go slow with you. Thank you for the silence. And thank you for those incredibly special people you've put in our lives. And just thank you for the gift of today. In Christ's name, amen. Hey, one last invitation I want to give you, and I, and I want you to know that this is just me speaking, but um, I had this... It's going to sound really crazy, okay? But but here's the thing: we we always um, we we always want to offer to pray for people uh, after the service, and and certainly we're we'll be up here to do that today. And and we get the um, 
Not everybody's comfortable getting close or anything like that, but um, <laughs> you'll have to forgive me. But I'm going to take the discomfort one, even one level deeper, and that is this. You know, um, uh, so here it is. We'll pray for you, but uh, I also want to offer uh, hugs. Okay? Sound great? No extra charge. But if you, uh, if we would love to just give you a hug, put our arms around you and let you know that you're a father in heaven. Loves you dearly. So if you're up for that, we'll, we'll mask up and everything like that. And, um, and uh, if, you'd like, if you'd like one, that would be great. If not, that's cool as well. But uh, just know that we love you. And uh, have a great day. Hey, stay safe out there on the roads and uh, have a great week.